In Luke chapter 18, we'll be, begin reading at verse 1. It says, And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint, saying, There was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge said. And, and shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth? And we'll stop reading right there. And that passage ends in a question. It ends in a, a very pertinent question. When the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth? Uh, uh, which uh, uh, goes right back to what I was explaining uh, just a little while ago about how we have to take the end of Luke 17 and pair it with what we're reading here. Uh, but back to verse 1 in Luke 18, it says, And he spake a parable unto them to this end, saying that men ought always to pray and not to faint, saying there was in a city a, ju a judge which feared not God, uh, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. So here we have a, a, a parable that Jesus Christ is speaking uh, to the people here. And I've said uh, many times, I don't think that uh, Christ ever spoke a parable that the people could not relate to somehow, some way. I'm sure that the people that were within earshot of this parable that he was speaking were aware of such a, uh, of such a case as Jesus was speaking of here. They were aware of some widow woman in some city or some region, some village that was round about them and the, uh, how she was being taken advantage of uh, by, by the covetous people, uh, how she was uh, how she being taken advantage of by society in general and how she went to a judge of that area. We're not given a name for this judge, but we know that he was a judge. He was a man that was placed in power. He had power uh, to help and he had power to cast people into prison. He had all kinds of power about him. We know this about him, but he was placed in this position, but it says that he that he had uh, no regard for God, and he had no regard uh, regard for man. He had no fear of God and no regard of man. Uh, telling me that he was much like the people that we have uh, in places of higher power right now here in 2022. People that have no fear of God and they have no uh, no regard for their fellow man or their neighbors. They they have no no fear of God they have no thought of God within their heart and they have no regard of their neighbor sometimes even of their own family of their friends they're all about self such as this judge was here we just read in the scripture that this man after this woman persisted in her prayer to this man she persisted in her petitions under this unjust judge and he said that he would he 
would uh, do right by her. He would grant her her petition uh, unless she should weary him. It was all about him. He didn't do it for her sake. He didn't do it because it was the right thing to do. He did it so that she would not weary him, so that she uh, would go on about her way and she would leave him alone. But uh, here in the scripture it says that widow, she was in, in that city, that the same city that the judge was in, and she came unto him saying, avenge me of mine adversary. Avenge me of mine adversary, folks. Here in 2022, we have an adversary. We have an adversary called Satan. He's called Lucifer. He's called the devil. And we have many other adversaries that are part of his uh, legion of demons all around this world. But folks, I, I can tell you now, we can rest assured in the word of God that God will avenge us of our adversary. God will avenge us of every plot and every pain and every toll that we have ever experienced, every toll that we may be experiencing now and every one that we will experience in the future. It's all because of sin that these things are, are part of our lives and sin is in the picture because Satan tempted Eve in the garden to sin. So our adversary, one of these days, he will be avenged by our God. Rest assured of that. My Bible tells me that the beast and Satan and the false prophet, they will all find their places in the lake of fire, praise God. We can rejoice in this thing because we will have no part of that lake of fire. We will have no part of the flames of hell or the torments thereof because we as children of God, we as the elect of the Almighty have a promised place in heaven above with Jesus sitting at the right hand of glory, the right hand of the Father, the right hand of the very just one, the very just judge that we can go to and make our petitions known and he will answer in his due time and in his will. Praise God and hallelujah. It don't matter if we're just four or if we're 40 or 400. The message don't change. The message doesn't change of the scripture. God is just and God will avenge his own. I, verse 5 again, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. She, lest by her continual coming she worry me. So once again, this had nothing to do with doing what was just and doing what was right. This man done this on his own behalf. He done it because he was selfish. He done it uh, to benefit himself, not to benefit this widow, folks. And this judge, he would have been one just, just like the widow that was being spoken of here. He would have been a Jew just as she was a Jew. And they're commanded in the book of Exodus and in the book of Deuteronomy, they are commanded not to afflict the widows, that they are to look after the fatherless, they are to look after the widows, and this man was doing anything but that, just like the, just like some of the Pharisees, Jesus accused them of the same things in the Gospels of, of ransacking and looting the, the widows' homes and the widows' houses. Folks, this man was no different than those Pharisees were, or the scribes, or anyone else was. They were not treating widows the way that the law of God commanded them to treat the widows. 
And God says, I will avenge them. I will avenge your adversary. This, uh, this judge here, I'm not comparing this judge with God. I'm not doing that at all. The Bible says this was an unjust judge. He was an unjust man. My God is completely just. This, this, uh, this par or parable that Christ speaks here, it doesn't just speak of the persistence of prayer. I've heard this preached and I've heard it taught uh, that that's all this parable states is that if we pursue God and we persist with God and we, and we petition God continually that eventually he will give us what we want. Folks, that's not what this parable is saying at all. This parable is saying that we are to pray. It tells us what it's about in the first verse. He spake a parable unto them to this end that men ought always to pray and not to faint. It doesn't say anything about men ought always to pray so that they can get what they want. They should always pray and not faint, folks. We should be a praying people. The Bible says to pray without ceasing in 1 Thessalonians. In the book of Colossians, it says to continue in prayer. The Bible teaches us that we, as born-again children of God, should be people of prayer constant prayer I'm not saying you've got to spend your life on your knees I'm saying you should always have an attitude of prayer and you should always be at a place in your life where you can approach God with anything at any time God help us to be that way and to never come into a situation where we can't get a hold of him you think about it folks salvation began with prayer Salvation began with prayer. You had to come to God and you had to recognize who you were and you had to ask forgiveness. Your salvation began there. I understand that salvation is of the Lord and the Lord is salvation. And I understand that it begins with God dealing with your heart. But on your side, your salvation began with a prayer that you made unto God. It began with a, with a confession that you made to God when you said, God, I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. And I can assure you, church, that if it began with prayer, that your salvation and your walk with God began with a prayer, that prayer is essential to the life of a Christian. Prayer is a must in the life of a Christian. God, help us to not be a prayerless people. For I say that if a Christian is a prayerless Christian, they're not a Christian at all. Folks, that is our communication with God. Uh, that is how we go to God. We go to God in prayer. I understand the Bible talks about how the Holy Spirit can understand groanings and utterings that we can't utter, that we can't speak. And I thank God for that because there's been times in my life where I couldn't come up with the words to say. I couldn't come up with the petition to make to God. But praise be to God. The Holy Spirit knew exactly how I felt. He knew exactly what I needed. And He was able to take the groanings of my heart unto God. He was able to make sense of those things and take that petition under God and God was able to hear it he was able to understand it and he was able to answer it hallelujah and the Lord said hear what the unjust judge saith what did he say in the previous verse I will avenge her lest by her continual coming she weary me she weary me just, just on a side note a little note of humor actually the phrase there, lest she weary me, 
The phrase in the Greek for that actually means to strike below the eyes. That's the literal phrase in the original Greek that this is written in, to strike below the eyes. In other words, this judge, he was afraid this widow woman was going to give him a black eye. He was afraid this widow woman was going to punch him. If she continued to come and he continued to deny her, this judge, a man in a position of power, a man in a position where he could have had this woman thrown in jail just for bothering him if he had wanted to. But he says, I'm going to do this thing for her. I will avenge her lest by her continual coming she weary me. Folks, she persisted after this judge. I'm glad that I've got uh, that I've got God the Father that I can go to that wants me to come to him. This judge here, he didn't want the widow woman there. He didn't want the widow woman to, to, to pursue him. He didn't want her there day by day and, and not by night. He didn't, and folks, not only that, this judge, hey, he was just a man. He had to rest every once in a while. He had to get some sleep. I can go to God my Father who wants me to come to him any time of the day and any time of the night. This woman was limited as to how she could approach this judge and when she could approach this judge. But I can go to my father with any prayer or petition at any time, day or night, that I want to. Hallelujah to God the Father. And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge said. And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? Shall not God avenge his own elect? In other words, Jesus is speaking this parable. And he says, this woman pursued an unjust man, an unjust God, an unjust judge. She pursued him. And eventually, he gave in to her desire. He gave in to her petition. He says, and, and he says, shall not God avenge his own, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? And there's a question mark there. In other words, if this woman can get this out of, of some unbelieving, some unrepentant, some prideful and unjust judge, how much more can we get out of the, the, the just one? How much more can we get out of God who is perfectly just? Of a God that, uh, once again, wants his children to come to him. He wants to hear our petitions. He wants to know our supplications. And the thing is, God already knows what we need before we ever approach him with him. But he still wants to hear from his children. Praise God. It says, shall not God avenge his own elect? Shall he not avenge his own, those which he has bought with the, with the blood of Jesus Christ? If you're sitting here born again tonight, you are part of the elect of God. Shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? Notice there the, the, the commas. Notice the commas in our scripture. And shall not God avenge his own elect, comma, which cry day and night unto him, comma, though he bear long with them? In other words, the elect of God, they will cry unto God day and night. The description of those who are the elect of God is they are the ones that cry day and night unto God. Folks, as I've already said, we should be a praying people. We should pray day and night. We should, whether, hey, folks, this, this widow woman here, she didn't go to this judge with a big eloquent speech. She didn't go there. She said just a few words to this judge every time she saw him. She 
She would say, avenge me of my adversary. Avenge me of my adversary. Just a few short words. God isn't concerned with how eloquent your speech is. He isn't concerned with how big of words you can use in your prayer. God is concerned with his children's needs. He is concerned with his children, period. And God wants us to come to him just like we would come to our own earthly father with whatever need that we have. I would have never, I would have never dreamed of going to my earthly father, my daddy, and, and using thou's and these in my request to him. He probably wouldn't have even understood what I was saying if I'd have done that. God's not concerned with that. There's nothing wrong with praying like that. Don't get me wrong. But sometimes we put our manner of prayer in front of what we're praying for. And sometimes, like the Pharisees, we'll make a big long prayer out of something that could have took just a few words. One of the greatest prayers ever prayed in Scripture was three words long. When Jesus, uh, when Jesus uh, came to the disciples out on the water, when he was walking on the water, and the disciples were in the boat, and Jesus, uh, Peter said, Lord, if, it, if that's you, bid, bid me come to thee. And Jesus said, Jesus said, come. And Peter stepped out on the water. We all know the account. The, the, the waves became tempestuous. They became boisterous. Peter sucked down the waves. One of the greatest prayers ever prayed in Scripture. Peter came up out of the water and said, Lord, save me. That was a prayer. It was for his need that he had at that time. And what did Christ do? He came to where Peter was at and he saved him out of that water. It's not the length of your prayer. It's not the length of my prayer. And it's not the speech that we use. It's the, it, it, the need is, is that it comes from our heart. God will inspire those prayers. And I promise you, if God has inspired a prayer, God has every intent in answering that prayer. Hallelujah. Shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. This word speedily, it doesn't mean what you and I would think that it means. It doesn't mean that he'll do it just as quickly as possible. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that as soon as we pray, God's going to answer that prayer. You've had prayers that have gone unanswered in your life, and I've had prayers that have gone unanswered in my life. God will answer those prayers in his time. This goes back to what I was talking about at the end of Luke 17, uh, when, uh, when Christ says to remember Lot's wife. He was saying, remember how suddenly she was turned to that pillar of salt. Remember how suddenly judgment fell on her. Remember how suddenly judgment fell on Sodom and Gomorrah, and remember how suddenly the judgment fell on the entire world, save eight people that went into the ark that day. It's the same principle here. It says, I tell you, he will avenge them speedily. Just like when Jesus says, Jesus says in the book of, uh, of Revelation, he says, behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me, to give unto every man according to his works. Folks, it's been 2,000 years since the man ascended, and he's still not here. I don't think that word quickly meant I'll be up there, then I'll be right back. It was saying, when I come, it'll be quickly. It'll be suddenly. No one will be expecting it. Is what, what this word speedily means here and what the word quickly means more often than not in Scripture. I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth? And that's a question. 
It's not a statement. He says, shall it, when the Son of Man cometh, when he comes, will he find faith on the earth? Will he find faith on the earth? My goodness, uh, everybody on earth at that point, that would include his own believers. And he is asking the question, when the Son of Man cometh, will he find faith on the earth? Folks, there's faith all over the earth right now, but the problem is the faith is in the small things. The faith is in material things. The faith is in self. The faith is in spouse. It's in family. It's in job. It's in money. It's in doctors. It's in everything except for the Lord that gave them that faith. Yes, there'll be faith in the earth. But the question really is, where will that faith be? Where will that faith be? Will it be in the Son of Man when he cometh? Or will it be in something else? If it's in anything other than Christ. And folks, listen, the, this world is full of people. Church houses are full of people that have faith in everything but God. They have faith in everything except for the second coming of Jesus Christ. Look around uh, look around in the world that we live in. Look around at your own families. Look at your friends. Look at your workplaces. Look, uh, look wherever. Look at and see where people's faith is. It is not faith that Jesus Christ is coming back anytime soon. It is faith that I can live how I want to. I can do how I want to and when I want to. Uh, and God is, is, is not coming back. Jesus Christ is not going to come back. He is not going to judge. He is not going to avenge his elect. This is the attitude that people have, and that is faith in a false God. That is faith in something that the Bible does not teach to have faith in. The faith should be that Jesus Christ is coming back, and that when he comes back, he will avenge his elect. Hallelujah. Folks, we just need to be patient. Prayer teaches patience. Unanswered prayer teaches patience. And it teaches us to continually ask. It's not that God didn't hear you the first time. But God wants to hear from his children. I'm sure that this unjust judge here heard the woman say, Avenge me of my adversary. I'm sure he heard her the first time she said it. But she continued coming. She continued coming. Folks, when, God, when we pray a prayer unto God, God hears us the first time, but there is absolutely nothing wrong with repeating that prayer. I've got lost people in my family. I've got lost friends that I've prayed and I've begged to God that he saved their undying souls. And folks, I pray that prayer every day. I pray for the same people every day. And every day it seems that that list gets a little bit longer. But, uh, and I think that God heard me the first time I ever mentioned those people's names. But I continue to mention their names unto God, not because he's forgotten, but because God wants to see that I'm sincere in this prayer and I want to know that I'm sincere in this prayer. Hey folks, are your prayers getting shorter? Are you are you cutting out your prayer life in general? Do you ever have you ever been like me and said, I'm too tired to really say a good prayer tonight? I'll just say a little prayer and go on to bed. Hey, I've been guilty of that as well. But folks, those kinds of prayers will get us into danger. Those kinds of prayers will get us into hot water. They'll cause us to be stale and stagnant in our Christian walk with God. I don't want to be stale in my walk with God. I want to be the light and the salt that he has called me to be. And my prayer life will help that. Your prayers will produce faith. And your faith produces prayer. Never forget that. Would you pray to God if you didn't have faith in him? 
Would you pray to God if you didn't have faith that he could hear that and answer it? No, we wouldn't. So your prayers will produce faith. And on the, on the flip side of that coin, your faith is what produces those prayers. Your faith will produce those prayers to God. And the more God works in your life, and the more you see God answering those prayers, the stronger your faith should be. And we as Christians, sometimes, sometimes God will go months, sometimes God will go years without answering a prayer. And we'll think, well, where's God at? Why ain't God hearing me? Why ain't God answering? Why ain't God this and why ain't God that? Hey, it's not that God doesn't hear. And it's not that God doesn't answer. My mama prayed for me for, for three decades, over three decades before I got saved. But I'm, I'm persuaded that that woman never gave up on me, never gave up on God saving my soul, and here I stand before you today, a born-again, blood-bought child of God, and I believe that that was, that was God's will, yes, and I also believe it was the persistence of someone's prayers in their prayer life, and their faith that God would hear those prayers, and I use myself as an example, and I use myself humbly as an example, I'm not attributing my salvation to my mother. I know that it was God that saved me, but I don't think that she ever gave up on me. In fact, I know that she didn't. But remember, remember your, your faith will produce prayers, or it should produce prayers. It should produce more petitions unto God, and, and those prayers should produce more faith in your life knowing that God can hear them and knowing that God can answer them. And it's a continuous cycle. It's a continuous cycle uh, that should never cease in the life of a Christian. We go to God and we go in faith and we go in believing that he will hear and he will answer according to his will. And if we're a born-again child of God and we have the Spirit of God abiding within us, our prayers should be in the will of God the Father. If God is directing those prayers through the Holy Spirit, then they should be in the will of the Father. Shall not God avenge his own elect with crime day and night unto him? Yes, yes he shall. God will avenge us one day. God will avenge his own elect one day, and it'll be the greatest vengeance. And listen, folks, that, that ain't necessarily just punishment for the adversary. It's not necessarily what that means. It's what are we talking about in this parable? We're talking about an unjust judge. What does it mean? What does she mean, the widow woman, when she said, avenge me mine adversary? What was she talking about? Do justice. Do justice. Folks, God is going to do justice one of these days. He is a just God, he is a holy God, and he is a righteous God. He can do nothing but what is just and what is right. And what is just and what is right may not come in the time you think it should, or that I think it should, but rest you assured, dear Christian, that it will come, because God's word says that it will come. 